0: Hello and welcome to the Self Sufficient Hub podcast. I'm Carl from selfsufficienthub.com and I'm here to talk about all things self-sufficiency. Sustainability and food security matters. Hello everyone and welcome to I'm not sure what number episode this is of the Self Sufficient Hub podcast. I hope you're all safe and well. What is it 133 maybe it's certainly somewhere around there. I will double check before I upload this so I can get it right in the description but um, today we are talking once again with Rory McPhee. Now we spoke to him last week And we were talking about the subject of seaweed. Well, this week we're talking about curative forests, a completely different subject altogether, but an incredibly interesting one. And we talk about all sorts of things. We talk about reconnecting with nature. We talk about using curative or restorative forests as both preventative and curative measures for ailments and just general well-being we talk about the way plants communicate and we get into some sort of methods of meditative tasks and things like that that Rory might lead a group in doing when they go to visit his curative space and Rory is really in the UK at least at the cutting edge of this type of forestry at this type of agriculture because we are well behind a lot of far eastern traditions so places in Korea and China and places like that have used restorative curative forests for quite some time there's a term called forest bathing I can't recall the translation but it is mentioned in the podcast which is a method used abroad for just generally increasing well-being we're also behind Germany who are in the western hemisphere at least seem to be leading the charge in looking into forestry as a way of increasing health and well-being so I hope you enjoy this podcast it is certainly an interesting one and I really enjoyed recording it so without further ado I will hand you over to my interview with Rory McPhee So, thanks for joining me again, Rory. Hi, Carl. Um, And today, we're going to be talking about restorative forests, not regenerative forests, which is a term quite often used to talk about uh, regenerating a piece of land, maybe, um, but restorative forests, which is a completely separate topic, isn't it, Rory?
1: It is indeed. Um, I I mean, the the land I've got, the forest I've got, I refer to as a curative forest. So... um, Or some people refer to it as a therapeutic forest or therapeutic gardens. So restorative curative therapeutics, all all the same context.
0: Yeah. And why don't you tell us a little bit about how you come to be custodian of a curative forest? Um, I've been um,
1: fascinated by trees and wood, um, making things out of wood furniture, sculptures, boats. And I'm lucky enough to own a bit of uh, forest in Scotland overlooking the Firth of Tay. And I was about three years ago, I was reading about a Japanese practice called Shinrin-yoku, which is the direct translation of that is forest bathing. And so I dug down into this and essentially it's, um, you contextualize it as ecotherapy using yes. the the nature as um nature as your in as as your intervention for um physical or mental um issues um so the upshot was i i uh, traveled to australia and learned with uh, an organization called the international nature training forest alliance um out there and spent Six weeks in Australia learning about all this, uh, traveling around, talking to other practitioners, um, and came back um, having done my practical work and then spent six months doing a master's level program um, of the uh, digging down into uh, forest therapy um, and then qualified as a a forest guide. So I was a forest guide and I had a forest, so I put the two things together and started... Lindor Curative Forest.
0: And so, what exactly is a curative forest?
1: Um, cura- a curative forest is, um, well, it's inspired by uh, practice in Germany. So, the Germans have been using nature cures, you know, fairly, you know, in a pioneering sense. Um, and my take on what a curative forest is that it's a safe boundary space um, with as little human imprint as possible so the idea is to maintain the wild yes. um, increase the biodiversity flora and fauna and have just some simple things like uh, some loos and a fire pit and maybe a shelter so that people who come here um, feel feel safe so that would involve doing some tree surgery making sure that the, uh, the dead trees um, are down except in the reserved area where we want dead trees for yeah. wee, wee beasties. Um, making sure that there's no branches, limbs of trees which are going to fall on people. So just a little bit of tweaking of the wild so that people can come. And, um, you know, a lot of people have got to, you know, if you've got uh, mental anxieties, you kind of to have a boundary is quite good. So I've got a, a you know, um, uh, a fairly firm boundary of a stone dry stone wall around the property. So that that makes people feel a little bit safe. And so within that forest, then I'll... Um, undertake some um, therapeutic work with them.
0: So it's really easy for you guys to get in touch whatever it is you want to say whether it's an idea for a future episode or perhaps you've got some feedback on something you've heard me say I really do love hearing from you. There's lots of ways that you can do it. Now, you can follow the links in the show notes. You can use your phone just by pressing the button in the link and record a voice message that can be played on the show. Alternatively, you can send us an email where we are self contact at gmail.com or you can find us via Facebook. But However you choose to do it, I really do love hearing from you guys. Perhaps you'd like to record a voice memo using the regular recording app on your phone and send that via an email. That's another way that I can play it on the show. But please do get in touch. When we first spoke um, a little while ago now Rory it, it was actually one of the things that, that struck me in the conversation because i was saying to you that it's surprising to me how often i will take someone out perhaps we'll be foraging in a woodland or whatever and it'll be quite a vast space perhaps the new forest and and i'll say something just you know completely off the cuff about how you know whenever i'm in a forest like that i just feel like that's where i'm supposed to be and i'm always yeah. struck by how rarely, or not how rarely, but but how often sometimes people don't feel the same. And you, you mentioned about this idea about the boundaries and how important they are. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think,
1: you know, pe- people who haven't grown up um, with uh, any experience of the countryside, um, you know, unless uh, children get it. Um, yeah. for, you know, folk, you've got, uh, you know, bipolarists, you get it absolutely. But it's your sort of, sentient male <laughs> who just <laughs> who just looks at it all and go and sort of wheezes a little bit um so i mean part of it is just throwing lots of love so i've got a huge great pile of sheepskins so if you if you come here you'll be sitting on a sheepskin and you'll get a cup of tea when you arrive and there'll be a nice fire to toast your tootsies on so you know and a, and a potato you know some baked potato sizzling away so part of it is just oh, to say lovely. well welcome you might be in the wild but you can still be warm you can still have some yeah. food
0: it's trying to to reduce that feeling of of alienness
1: that's right that that's space. right so it just, it just it just it just needs a little little thin rope just to guide people through and so my job is just to weave that yeah that little rope that they can hold on to and feel safe
0: oh lovely so what are the benefits of a curative forest? Because they're vast and very, very different. Aren't they? There's, there's all sorts of benefits. And we were speaking before and mm. lots of, you know, scientifically proven benefits.
1: Um, yeah. I mean, the, from the reductive perspective, um, we know that trees emit what is known as uh, referred to as volatile organic compounds, which we're trying to to phrase as forest VOCs these are often referred to as phytoncides which is a word that I try to avoid actually Uh, but anyway so the trees particularly in the early morning and the afternoon they admit these invisible emissions and um, you know scientifically we're still trying to figure out uh, exactly what these emissions are and, and why trees do that but essentially it's uh, to, it's the self-protection mechanism of the trees to protect them against pathogens and microbes. Um, so, when you cut a, a pine tree, you'll get sap. So that is um, the, the sap is goes to the wound to heal the wound. Um, so the the forest VOCs, the invisible emissions, are very much like a sort of invisible sap. Um, and we know, we know that by breathing in these emissions, which are uh, um, um, Referred to scientifically, generically as monoterpenes, by breathing in these monoterpenes like um, alpha pinene, beta pinene, that has physiological impacts uh, on our cardiovascular ability, on functionality, um, on our, and helps with sleep patterns, uh, elevates uh, mood, elevation, um, and there's a gathering body of uh, medical evidence uh, showing that. Sample groups who go in and breathe forest air, come out with you know, their cortisol levels, for instance, measured through the saliva, have dropped. Yeah, and you know, so... cortisol's the, the 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 drug which we get from when the sympathetic nervous system goes into you know, the fright the fright and flight thing. You go, oh my god, you know, something the phone keeps on ringing, so your cortisol levels go up, and they come down again and go up again, but it's quite often with uh, severe stress people's cortisol levels stay quite high so by going into um, the forest that allows your parasympathetic nervous system your rest and reflect your lovely mm, big duvet of loveliness that is you're enveloped in that as a result of breathing in the forest air
0: yeah no i mean I, I i as someone who you know i i completely i tangibly can feel these benefits whenever mm. i'm in the woodland you know so i need very very little persuasion of their of their effect but uh, it's just interesting that someone and you know you among others are actually doing the scientific work to kind of document this aren't you
1: yeah so i've, I've got a research project going on with the university of the west coast of scotland so i've gathered um um, components of various trees, that leaves and branches, and we've um, got some very expensive machinery in the laboratories, which we're analysing what's uh, actually uh, in the trees that uh, might give us a clue as to you know why we get mood elevation and um, the other benefits. But I mean, it's all you know. The uh, um, a lot of the research is also showing that you know it, by it's the visuals, so just by seeing green, you know, the bright green of the moss, yeah. mosses and the the trees. Uh, swaying gently in the breeze uh, that 's what helps um, but for me the 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 key that unlocks this is the is the community so although it 's good to do it uh, by yourself, if you go with a group of people and you just wander around the forest and you separate and then you come back, and what we do is we have a sharing circles, so usually yeah. usually in the fire pit and um, you know people we don 't generally wander very much you know so the idea is just to in, encourage people to wander aimlessly around like kids do and when kids are in the forest they tend to sort of after a few minutes break into a hum and they their minds just sort of go into imaginary places so yeah. it's trying to get adults back into that um th- their emo- to bring their emotional child out uh, yes. and you know i've got various sort of simple mechanisms which i try you know, you know get get this emotional child out And then people meet their emotional child, and you know, and then they come back and they go, "My God!" And they tell their, you know, the group, um, what they what they remembered, and so they, you know, I just remember my grandmother. You know, they start crying. These these recollections come back, but it's the sharing of those recollections and being witnessed and being held by the group that is, for me, the most powerful aspect.
0: Yeah, it's it's it seems to me intrinsically linked to the 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 feeling of mindfulness and as, as someone who practices meditation you know again you, you know you're preaching to the choir to a large degree but it's it's for me being out in nature is just another way of connecting with mindfulness and connecting with the here and now and doing so in a group amplifies that doesn't it it
1: does and in fact i would um i prefer to refer to as mindless <laughs> because you know the idea is to leave the intellect behind yes in, in the car um and to get that emotional child and the you know the the, the senses really working so you know you focus on smell and touch and taste and hearing um yeah. and again i've got various simple invitations which allow people to access these um bits of their, their sensory perception and we've got how many senses do you think we've got Carl?
0: oh uh dozens uh, yeah <laughs> you know people sort of if, think it, it's only five but you're right yeah no you 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 like i say you're, you're preaching yeah. to the choir a little bit here <laughs> but please don't let don't let me stall you please carry on yeah
1: so you know the, the you know for instance our immune system is one sense is that being yeah. now referred to in medical circles as the sixth sense as in the you know the the neurological communication pathways and so just by you know we we can't feel that sense but by just being aware of it and opening ourselves up to this idea that by breathing in in the forest air that that's sending little messages to the brain and you know helping to you know support uh, our immune systems and we've got things like yeah. temperature that's a sense balance is a sense um so yeah, there's a whole world and... uh, so i mean i could you know you could come to the forest once a month for, for three years and each visit, you would un, you know, understand a, a, a different component of, of the many senses.
0: So I just want to take a moment and say thank you. Thank you for listening. I really, really appreciate every single one of you who downloads and listens to the show. There's lots of ways that you can help the show grow and support it and probably one of the best ones is just to share it with someone. Find someone who you think might be interested in this content and say, listen, here's a show that I like. I think you might like it too and point them in our direction. We would be forever grateful if you want to go a step further you could also become a patron you can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub and set up to donate a small monthly amount if you think this podcast is worth the price of a cup of coffee a month then you can set it at that amount and obviously anyone who chooses to do that we are eternally grateful to Perhaps you could uh, talk us through a couple of the, the activities that you might sort of lead or undertake. Um, yeah. So the, the the basis of the work we do
1: is very, very non-didactic. So I don't say, oh, look, there's an ash tree. Did you know you can make really good arrows out of ash tree? It's just a, it's just mm-hmm. a, it's just a tree. We, you know, we're not burdening. Again, it's leave the intellect behind. So, um one of my favourites is to give uh, give the, each in the group uh, a sheepskin and a little digging stick, which I've made myself, and invite them to lie down in their tummies on the sheepskins and dig a little hole. And I'm lucky with my foresters in that the it's very loamy, so the the it, it's like walking on a mattress. So it's very easy. Very lucky to, indeed. Uh, it's very easy to um, uh, dig a wee hole, and then I'm Invite them. I don't tell this at the time, but I refer to it as soil CPR. So to put put uh, your nose in the hole which you've dug and breathe. And again, the, you know the, the smell is intoxicating. And this is where the roots are. This is where the moles are. This is where the mycorrhizal layers are. You know, there's so much going on yeah. in the soil, but the smell is wonderful. You can, yeah. smell, you can smell what's going on. And so whether you're giving CPR to the soil or the soil's giving CPR to the individual is a moot point. Um, but it's, again, working with our olfactory senses, our sense of smell, um, and maybe leaving the, the visual where we, you know, the visual sense with computers and driving on roads, etc. We use our eyes a lot. So touch, you know, I'll invite somebody just to go up and introduce themselves to a tree and say, rather than say, OK, Mr. Tree, what have you got that I can make tea out of, which is going to cure me? You go, hi, Mr. Tree. Um, I'm uh, I'm Cole, and um, can I tell you a secret? <laughs> and and to, particularly with kids, where you've got a tree, and particularly if the tree's got a little moss-covered hole, you know, in it, and you can whisper into the tree a little secret, and um, the tree will hold that secret. So there's a bit of playfulness, and, um, you know, uh, it's a little bit a uh, little bit on the edge perhaps but uh, people very very quickly get the idea and um, uh, finally we might um, with groups that I've worked with uh, before where we kind of know each other quite well I might just encourage them to do a bit of flirting with a with a flower <laughs> you know, the, the flower of the um, of the woodland sorrel where the flower is about the size of a pinhead by getting down again, yeah on your tummy and looking at that flower and just having a little, you know, trying out your best chat-up lines. Um, it's quite a because the flower tends to move and either wink at you or just, you know, close its eyes and, and, um, and d- do a runner. So, you know, <laughs> it's, it's opening up to um, a sense of communication with um, what we think is non-sentient beings, but they very well might have elements of sentencing.
0: Well when, when we spoke before you drew my attention to something that I, I think I, I was vaguely aware of to some degree but not nearly not nearly with the clarity with which you mentioned it and about how trees communicate now I'm as, as regular listeners will know I'm always banging on about how the mycorrhizal fungi communicate beneath the soil between different plants and sort of connect everything down there and provide nutrients where they're needed but they're also communicating above the ground aren't they uh, this
1: is what the science um, is beginning to think, yeah, Carl. So you know, it's you would refer to that as the you know the underground communication as the wood wide web. I think uh, is often called. Um, yeah. But uh, we we there's evidence that uh, um, if uh, trees uh, communicate and uh, um, you know trees of different species communicate. So if one tree gets stressed, then they will release these forest VOCs, volatile organic compounds, and that will, you know, have a sort of uh, protection for the individual tree, but will also send out messages to its neighbours that, you know, something be wrong. Um, and, uh, you know, this is uh, exciting uh, ex- exciting science that's being being looked at. And whereas, you know, 10, 15 years ago, this was kind of thought to be hippy-dippy on the far regions of... Um, of uh, of science and good sense uh, people are now realizing that you know a good uh, healthy ecosystem relies on uh, both above and below ground communication
0: yeah it works almost like pheromones in a, in a colony of bees uh, yeah. not not entirely the same i'm aware but almost the same and i imagine it's a way of you know if, if a portion of the forest is under stress from whatever the cause may be, be it wind exposure or whatever it might be. The whole forest, as a whole, has a chance to adapt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fascinating stuff. It is indeed. So, who are you hoping is going to be helped by your forest? You know, what you, what are you hoping to achieve there? Uh, well,
1: I work uh, very closely with a charity called Gal Gale in in Govan in uh, Glasgow, who um, work in a very uh, very deprived. Um, community um and they do a lot of good work with building boats and um, furniture workshops which you know i'm involved in on, on that level as a designer maker um, and the idea is you know post-covid that um, groups from the uh, urban postcodes uh, will come here and and what i really wanted to, to do is to ensure that you know folk who who um don't have cars or walking boots or or even, you know, a wet weather coat. Um, who come from diverse communities. You know, we're a very white, white society in the, in the country. Um, and you know, I was I was born in Africa, and uh, well, you know, I, I just want uh, um, uh, you know, far greater diversity in the country. Um, and to yeah. and again, you know, if I've got a fire, and I've got a lot of uh, folk from governance coming here. you you try getting them away from the, getting taking them back home, you know, it's all people want. It sits right in our ancestral memory that the wood smoke and the, you know, the venison and the baked, you know, the food tastes better and the, and you're drinking tea from, from birch leaves or, you know, you're not having mint sauce on your lamb, but you're using uh, spruce shoots instead of mint, you know, everything, you know, if you don't need a sieve, you just have a, some pine needles and pour your tea through the pine needles. You know, you People get this, and they love it
0: yeah no you're, you're absolutely talking to me on a very deep level. you know I'm hearing everything you're saying this is right up my alley for sure so what would a, what would a typical visit to your forest look like? What would the day look like? Um, the
1: intervention I do is about three hours. Um, yeah, fortunately, um, I'm located so that uh, from where folk would park their cars there's a 10 minute walk up a beautiful little um, short grass path, uh, just in the lee of a, uh, a place called Norman's Law, which was an Iron Age fort. So you've got the Iron Age yeah. fort on your left. As you walk into my forest on the right, you've got this amazing view of the uh, um, the Firth, Firth of Tay. Um, and um, people arrive, and then we do some Kijong, some movement exercises we do a bit of shaking uh get the stress out because there's always a bit of uh, road stress there um and then we have a silent walk um and then i will start the invitations to groups and to individuals uh, a few invitations and then the final invitation is to find a sit spot uh, so each individual will just go off and sit no phones no books no pencil no paper and just yep. sit under one of the trees And then they'll be called back in after half an hour. And I would have laid out a beautiful sort of um, sculptural tapestry of of leaves and flowers, teapots and mugs. And then we would have a tea ceremony and then we would share the experience and sit for maybe half an hour, maybe a bit longer. So usually it's a sort of three and a half. Sometimes it's a four hour session in the winter. It's constrained by the temperature. So it might be. Just a, a simple bit of guide, guided meditation, and then an invitation, and then a cup of tea. So it, yeah. it depends on the on the weather, but uh, you know, from a research perspective, um, three hours a month is enough to um, keep you topped up with all this good stuff yeah. and help with the sleep.
0: Um, and um, that's that's how the land lies there, Carl. Yeah, and you're trying to move towards a system, or, or... Forgive me, I'm, I'm not uh, recalling precisely when we spoke previously, but you, you're either moving towards a system or you're already there where you're actually having this as a you know prescribed exercise from a doctor. Is that something that's already happening or is that something that you're moving towards?
1: Uh, this is the trajectory. So the idea is you go to the GP and you say, I'm a little bit um, anxious. And the GP will say, uh, do you want to, uh, this drug or do you want to go and spend time with Rory? Um, yeah. And there's a bit of funding going into this. Uh, but uh, the funding uh, pays for a what they call a lifestyle consultant or a lifestyle nurse who who gives the patient you know options of how to get get out and about. Uh, what we're looking for is a bit more money to go in, and uh, patients to, to get a voucher, um, so they can yes. redeem that voucher with you know one of the wildlife trusts or with me or with, with whoever offers offers green interventions. And this is what they, is called um, social prescription or green prescription. Now I've got a slight issue with the word prescription because it, you know, particularly in Scotland, you know, you've got the script for methadone or whatever it is, and or, you know, it's a it's a organised bit. You know, prescription kind of it's a bit top down. So I right. I uh, try to use the word invitation. So the doctor will give give the, the patient a, a green invitation, and the invitation it might be a little little note from me saying, "Hi, come and visit." come and visit Lindor Curative Forest. You're very, very welcome. Um, And uh, we've we've got a a project with um, just scoping at the moment um, in in Fife in Scotland, trying to identify all these areas where people can go for just being outside, whether it's on the seashore or the forest or, uh, you know, walking groups, choir groups, whatever it is. Um, and then we offer this as part of a, a strategic uh, bit of uh, preventative medicine because without a coherent preventative medicine strategy, the NHS will be in an even worse position than it is post-COVID. Um, and yeah. in Japan and South Korea and China, you know, this is embedded in, in their health systems and um, you they've got huge great forests where they do all this work and, you know, it's very regulated and lots of walkways and And people in white coats at, you know, parts of the walkway offering, uh, you know, support and kijong exercise and all the rest of it. Yeah. Um, (laughs) We don't have that. here, but we need more preventative medicine um, because that's going to help uh, with uh, pandemics.
0: You can find Self Sufficient Hub content elsewhere online. We have our YouTube channel. We've also got our website and we also have our Facebook group and page. Links to all of these can be found in the show notes. So why don't you come and check us out? We've mentioned the word preventative twice there. And up until then, we've been talking about curative and we've been talking about, you know, actual ailments that are already manifested and then dealing with them but i think there's a huge scope for it as a preventative measure and you know obviously what we're talking about whether you you know there's obviously some issues with the word prescription and prescribed but whether it's prescribed or not you know just spending time in nature is so hugely valuable to us as a species and i think its use as a preventative measure for just generally keeping us all feeling good is is vastly underrated uh, it is um you
1: know there's two components there's diet and exercise so um you know and covid hits um those with metabolic diseases i.e diabetes and obesity high blood pressure far worse um and you can only you know we not, we know that you you know you can only combat metabolic disease with with diet and exercise so um that's where the um you know prevention must sit and what i'm trying to do here is to provide uh a, lo- a location for people to come safely and if this works then you know there'll be other you know therapeutic gardens and curative forests springing up so there's somewhere where you can go where there's not loads of dog poo there's not loads of broken bottles you know there yeah. is a um, a held space.
0: Yeah, are there any resources online that you could point people towards if they wanted to learn a little bit more about this type of thing?
1: Oh, it's. And, well, I mean, there's 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 a mass um, of uh, radio programs, television programs, articles, papers. Um, every journalist in the world, it seems to be, is writing about nature cure and cure at the moment. Um so I mean I mean you could do no worse than just Google ecotherapy, ecotherapy
0: or um nature cure. Sure. And see where you end up. So so talking a bit more just as as we come towards the end now, talking a little bit more about the origins of this as an idea, because obviously you've you've mentioned um the the Japanese culture the forest bathing and how that's it sounds like that's spread throughout sort of south korea and china but you've also mentioned um what what seems to be just from this conversation a, a separate pool of it in germany now have those two things sprung up independently of one another or was one fed from the other um the, well uh,
1: now um, there's a huge amount of cross-fertilization between uh, German medical practice and and Japanese medical practice. I mean the, the you know the the whole kind of uh, northern European idea of uh, what the Norwegians call higi you know that that you you just eat outside. You spend as much time outside mm-hmm. as possible, um, and um, you know the the it's fairly you know it's embedded in um, you know in German um, alternative medicine. I suppose that would be the word. You know going back to the days of uh, Rudolf Steiner, and, yeah. and his his kind of contemporaries. So the you know and the um, you know I mean it's a European you know in Greece where I used to work and live in Greece, you'll see people on the the, the uh, northern uh, coastline of the uh, sorry the southern coastline of the Pelop- uh, the Gulf of Corinth. Walking, walking along the road, covered in mud in their in their swimming trunks, <laughs> um, and w- without feeling at all, about, you know, self conscious. Yeah. Because there's there's high sulfur mud, you know, uh, in the in the reed banks, and it's very curative. And um, and people, you know, it's the Greeks think nothing about going and sitting in the mud all day, or swim, swimming um, in the on the outskirts of Athens for four hours with a hat on, yacking, you know, in a group. Uh, yeah yeah or talk you know the greeks i know they happily talk with trees with the with the olive trees so this is yeah. kind of normal um practice and, and we sort of seem to be caught between we don't do the norwegian thing we don't do the greek thing we do the, the english thing which is <laughs> go to the pub and have a pasty <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah don't do any of it <laughs> yeah right <laughs> Oh well, that's that's great. That's that's been fantastic, Rory. And um, I, I really want to thank you for being so generous with your time. Is there anything we haven't touched on that you'd like to mention?
1: Um,
0: we've
1: covered some a fair bit of ground, um, Carl. I would again just emphasise the um, doing this this work um, in a group um, with children, with friends, with relatives, with strangers. Uh, yeah. That, that's really powerful. Um, but if you are in the forest by yourself, just you know, check no one's looking, drop to your knees, dig a little, <laughs> dig, dig a little hole
0: and have a deep inhale. Yeah, fantastic. Well, I'll, I'll be following your advice. <laughs> and uh, Rory has, uh, prior to the, the recording, has said if anyone would like to get in touch with him to be involved in any way or to learn a little bit more, then they can do so by contacting the podcast. And I will... Forward your details on. Thank you ever so much, Rory. I really appreciate that, and uh, hopefully we'll speak again soon.
1: Right on, cole Nice, nice speaking to you.
0: If you find this podcast valuable, there's several ways you can support it. The easiest of which is to rate and review it wherever you get your podcasts. You could also talk about it or share it wherever you post online, including your social media pages. And now you can support the podcast directly by becoming a patron at patreon.com forward slash self-sufficient hub. However you support the podcast, we really appreciate it. Thank you for listening. See you soon.